0: This morning, my sermon is entitled, The Greatest Teacher Ever. One Easter morning, the Sunday school teacher asked the children of her class this question. Children, today is Easter Sunday. When do we celebrate Easter? One girl spoke up quickly. We remember our mothers and how much we love them. That's not quite right, the teacher replied. You're thinking of Mother's Day. Then an eager boy took a shot. Easter is a time when we say thank you to God for all the good blessings that we have. We can always say thank you to God, the teacher replied, beginning to worry about the effectiveness of her teaching skills. But you're thinking of Thanksgiving, not Easter Sunday. What is the meaning of Easter? after a few seconds of awkward silence another girl in a fancy easter dress gave it a try easter she said tentatively is the day when we remember that jesus died on the cross for our sins then he was buried in a tomb on easter morning god rolled the stone away and jesus came out of the tomb excellent replied a relieved teacher. And then the girl continued, Jesus looked and saw his shadow and so he went back in the tomb and there were six more weeks of winter. No doubt this teacher needed to change her teaching methods when it came to talking about Easter. Good teachers tend to leave an indelible mark in the lives of their students. These individuals have a way of challenging their students so the gifts that are still unseen can flourish. I imagine that each of us has at least has a story that recalls a great encounter with a teacher or a story that tells of the great impact one individual has made in our lives. As you think over your educational experience at school, Who was your favorite teacher? I have to say that my favorite teacher in high school was my history teacher. It has been so long ago that I can't even remember his name. He had a great influence on me because he made American history come alive. He would teach about a period of time sharing what happened and then ask why it happened what change did it make for our country whether positive or negative and how things might have been different so i grew up loving to read history and i majored in history in college and even did a master's degree in american history after three years of seminary my vocational struggle was whether i would become a pastor or a professor of history in a church-related college. After my graduate degree in history, I really felt called to the ministry, and so that was the path I chose. My first church as a full-time associate pastor was right here at Faith United Methodist Church. I worked under the senior pastor, George Jacobs. And that's where I really got to know how to be a pastor. It is also where I found my wife, Lynette. As you can correctly imagine, I have not regretted those two decisions at all. Good teachers can have a profound influence upon our lives. I still love teaching. And that is why I like teaching classes in my part-time work here as the associate pastor. I also love books, printed books, Kindle eBooks, audio books. You could say I am a book worm. My topic this morning is, as I said earlier, the greatest teacher ever. Throughout history, certain teachers' methods have managed to alter education forever. Frank Flanagan explores the influence of some of the great teachers in his book, The Great Educators Ever. From Plato to Pestalozzi, Aristotle to Augustine, Flanagan lists the luminaries of the history of education and outlines how they managed to inculcate new ways of thinking and learning. For example, Flanagan calls Socrates the patron saint of teaching because his methods provide the basis for the model we still use this very day. Socrates believed, among other things, that in order to learn anything, We first have to acknowledge what we don't know. It seems obvious, but in a Greek culture where everything was being explained by the mysterious actions of the gods, it wasn't so. Socrates was pushing for answers to questions that most others weren't even asking. He also believed that teachers could learn from their pupils and that good teaching was really the product of being an open-minded learner. Socrates' method was thus more than about drawing knowledge out of learners by asking questions, then ramming information into minds through lecturing. Many Athenians found it amusing to see how people with exaggerated opinions of themselves became flustered, as Socrates' casual, low-key questions exposed their ignorance. The victims were not amused, however, and they didn't forget. Eventually, the leaders of the Athenian city-state decided to rid themselves of this educator pest. They charged Socrates with corrupting young men and refusing to believe in their gods. Socrates was sentenced to death by drinking a cup of poisonous hemlock. His friends encouraged him to escape his sentence and flee, which would have been fairly easy to accomplish at that time. But Socrates believed in the power of the state and accepted his fate as a stand for truth and the consistency of his beliefs. He famously told the men of Athens, Now it is time that we were going, I to die and you to live. But which of us has the happier prospect is unknown to anyone but God. It's little wonder that many historians and educators, such as Flanagan, see Jesus, who comes on the scene a little more than 400 years after Socrates as but one in a long line of teachers of an ancient ethical tradition. Actually, we might see some parallels between Socrates and Jesus. Like Socrates, Jesus believed he was getting his message from other worldly sources. Like Socrates, Jesus was a master of teaching and asking questions. Like Socrates, Jesus didn't leave behind his own writings, but his words and stories were recorded by others. Like Socrates, Jesus ticked off the powerful classes by embarrassing them with his questions and observations. Like Socrates, Jesus was condemned to death by powerful people who he believed was, who, be, whom they believed was corrupting their religion and their people. When Flanagan fails to see, however, that while Jesus has a lot in common with other great teachers, the difference is that te- Jesus' teaching is revealed not only in the message, but in the messenger. Everything Jesus says is undergirded by what He does. His life is a lesson. Yes, Jesus was a great ethical teacher. In a culture where people were largely illiterate and oral tradition was the primary means of communication, his methods included direct preaching, memorable images and metaphor, parables and healings. Jesus' ultimate object lesson, however, is revealed in his life, his death, and his resurrection. His return to Jerusalem to drink his cup of hemlock, so to speak, was part of that lesson. His preaching on the kingdom of God, for example, is so much wishful thinking without his demonstration of his power over death by going to the cross and emerging three days later from the tomb. Without the resurrection, the gospel isn't really good news, just some good advice. Unlike Socrates, who taught the elite young men of Athenian society, Jesus reached out to those on the margins, the sick, the poor, the outcast, people who were commonly weary from simply trying to survive. Jesus' word was one of hope And it pointed to the coming kingdom of God when everything would be set right and God's justice and peace would reign. Jesus was the greatest teacher ever. He told wonderful stories. He employed humor. He made common objects around him for illustrations. He pointed to flowers, birds, and children. His teaching included metaphor, simile, hyperbole, proverb, and paradox. Think with me about how influential and memorable are his parables. Jesus told the story of the sower and the five soils, and we learned the importance of having the right kind of heart. Jesus told the story of the talents, Five were given to one servant, two to another, one to the last. Each was responsible to be faithful with what they had been entrusted. Jesus told the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We learned about the pride of one and the humility of the other. Jesus told the story of the rich fool who tore down his barns to build bigger ones, selfishly amassing great wealth for himself, only to die that very night and lose it all. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, which teaches us the need to love and serve all people without prejudice. Jesus told the stories of the lost sheep, lost coin, and lost son all demonstrate God's love and concern for us. Gently, carefully, bit by bit, Jesus revealed who he was. He was not just another teacher. He was not just another wise rabbi. He was just not another prophet. Slowly and surely, he opened their eyes to the fact that he was the love of God in human form. Our challenge, my friends, is to follow and embody and display the love of God in our own lives. By doing so, we will truly be humble and grateful people who show mercy and grace to others. Our central concept and message must be love. As Jesus teaches us in our scripture lesson from Matthew's Gospel today, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. May it be so with each and every one of us. Amen.